Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. My name is Neve Campbell, and welcome to Tech Crack. This week, I spoke with Andy Jarvis, digital marketing strategist and founder of his own company, Eximo Marketing. Andy has been working in the marketing industry for nearly two decades. He's partnered with some well-known global brands and has recently launched a remote digital marketing strategy course with the University of Vasa in Finland. We chat all about that as well as marketing hints and tips for new businesses in the post-COVID age. Remember, you can also listen to Andy's own podcast, Strategy Sessions, on all major streaming platforms too. So make sure to check that out after this episode and enjoy. So first off, yeah, you've launched a remote digital marketing strategy course with the University of Vasa in Finland. That amazing, first of all, but um, can you just talk us through how did that opportunity even come about and what does it entail? Oh, geez, right. So back at the beginning of lockdown, I, I made this great strategic plan that um, this was only going to last six weeks and I'll just ride it out and that'll be it. So, you know, it's March, come May, everything will be back to normal. So, so number one, I got that right. So don't ever come to me for medical advice. Um, so as, as May sort of started rolling around and I realized that maybe this wasn't going to be over after six weeks, I had to start looking at what my business was going to do. And, you know, the, the old pivot um, that everybody talked about. And Actually, what I came back to is that most of what I do can move online. Some of the training courses that I run, um, yeah, okay, they go online, all right, that's not too bad. The workshops that I run with clients and all that work, we move that online, some some um, bumpy learning curves along the way, but we got there. But actually, the whole university experience, and I lecture at John Moore's University, and I've done bits with Queen's, and I've done bits with Ulster University as well. But the way that that whole model is built, is quite resistant to change. And there's lots of good reasons why they, they are resistant to change. Uh, and there's maybe lots of good reasons why they should change faster than they are. So some universities, and I spoke to a couple of them, are looking at how do they release products that kind of fit with their portfolio. So if you think of from a, a marketing side of things, they've got a premium product. They've got a many thousands of pounds or euros product per year that people come and sign up for. And you don't want to ruin that by releasing courses you know, the same course, but for half the price because it's online, that ruins their brand value. But there's a gap in there for them to release more employer responsive and employer facing courses, which aren't really well served by universities. So we got talking. Uh, I know one of a couple of the lecturers there because I'd worked with them at other universities. And I as I said, I spoke to a few unis and it just didn't fit. But at Varsa, they were like, look, we're trying to push into more international students. We're trying to do more English stuff and we want to do employer facing stuff. And I was like, well, I speak English just um, just about anyway. <laughs> I've got an employer facing course that, that I've been running in various ways for a little while. And actually let's put all that together and come up with this. So the course itself is kind of, um, it feels like sort of 20 years work poured into 14 or 15 video lessons of how I go through creating strategies with, with clients. It's a step-by-step -step process. It's aimed at entrepreneurs, business people, maybe people without a marketing background. So let's say it's not necessarily a, um, a master's or a PhD in marketing. 
it's a very practical strategy course. And sometimes those two words don't work well together, but if you follow the course, you can write a strategy for your organization as you go along. And then once that bit's finished, we talk about how you change from strategy into planning and how you go from planning into delivery. So it's a real kind of system you can just pick up and use. And I, I love putting it together. They, they pushed for certain things and they wanted some more work in certain areas and how we were going to deliver it. And there was a lot of backwards and forwards and really working together on it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with how it's turned out. That's amazing. As well, it goes to show that, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, we all realised that we could um, collaborate on a, a bigger, larger international scale. So it's it's kind of a positive. And as well, you know, the other thing to come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure, Andy, you can explain it better than I can, just in terms of everything that's going on, you know, a lot of typical bricks and mortar businesses had to completely digitise their operations when maybe they hadn't done before. I know digital transformation, you know, a lot of businesses have been going online in recent years, but now it's become a necessity more so than a kind of luxury. Um, how important is digital marketing then, um, you know, that people really get on board and, and learn about it? Because I think some people, you know, can be a bit resistant, those companies that were resistant to, to get into digitizing their operations, you know, how important is it? Um, it, it look, it's, it, it's a way of reaching customers and the essence of marketing, and there's a lot of marketers will take you down the garden path about what marketing means, but to me, the clues in the name, it's about the market, right? And digital is a great way of reaching customers, often at scale, often relatively inexpensively compared to some of the more traditional methods. Um, it's not that the traditional methods don't work. Absolutely a fan of traditional marketing and traditional methods of reaching customers. But digital allows you to do it on a pay per model rather than having to invest up front. So it makes it easier, it democratizes it, and you can reach more customers that way. Often, I think companies who are resistant to it, it's because they can fear fear change, but they also fear the technology. They don't understand it, so they don't want to invest in it. And it, there's a little bit of ego and a little bit of maybe human nature in that as well, is that sometimes if you've been running a business and you're doing really well and you've spent 10, 15, 20 years at something, you're an expert at that. Do you really want to go back to being a novice, learning the things that actually, you know, and and it, it can be quite a, an important mind shift to go, right, well, actually, we just need to do this. Or I need to bring someone in who can do this, which is why you sometimes see younger people making a play of this and doing it better because they're, they're not, they don't have all that legacy stuff to, to strip back. It's like, well, the only way they know to reach customers is using social channels or using digital channels. So they just do it rather than worrying about it, um, which is great to see. But I think, is it important for companies as they come out of the pandemic? Absolutely. The number of conversations I've had with people who are now, they were worried over a year ago about the pandemic and what impact is going to have on my business. And now, they're panicking because the pandemic's coming to an end. And, you know, everyone's re-geared what they're doing and they're like, all right, yeah, but when people go back to normal, they're going to stop shopping here or they're going to go back to buying that in the supermarket when they go there. You know, so it's amazing how people's worries shifted across the pandemic. But I would say that, you know, marketing is a way to open that conversation with your customer, with your people who might buy your product and digital is a great way to reach them. 100%. Um, just even you saying that, you know, people are having some social anxieties about coming out of the pandemic. It's just mad how, as humans and with human nature, we get so used to a routine. So whenever everything transitioned to working from home and everything's online, it took a while to get there. But now that everyone's been so used to it, like you say, it's oh, what are we going to do when we come out of it? But yeah, like you said, businesses need to adapt just the way individuals do. You launched your own business, Andy, in 2017, mm -hmm. Eximo Marketing. Talk me through starting your own your own business, you know, how, to, how and where you are now, because obviously, you know, you're doing really well. But, you know, talk me through how did you get to this point? 
So I've been in marketing. I did a, a sport marketing degree, which I graduated from in 2001. <clears throat> I'll not tell you quite how old I am. Uh, a long time ago, I graduated from there and I've been working in, in marketing since 2002 when I started Durham County Cricket Club. So I, a classic marketing background, worked in, in professional sport, worked in education, um, moved to Northern Ireland, worked at UTV for a while, then went into digital agencies. So I had sort of traditional marketing digital background as well, working in social media, SEO, that type of thing. I think one of the things was when you've spent that long in sort of tactical marketing, delivery, making sure, sure that stuff happens for, for clients, um, you start to look and you start to see the same mistakes coming around over and over again. And you start to see the same problems or stuff not working that you think should work. And you think, oh, why is that not working? And then I started looking into it. And I went back to university, I went to Ulster in 20, I graduated in 2015 with a master's. And as part of that, we started looking a bit deeper into strategy. And it's kind of a, almost a, a natural progression that you see a lot of marketers do. And you start looking at that going, yeah, hold on, this is the bit that's missing. We're not, we're doing, not thinking, we're not looking at what the long term is. We're just always looking at the six inches in front of our face. And actually that's why it works sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. If we started plotting a slightly longer course, maybe that would help. And working in an agency that did tactical delivery and wanting to do a move into strategy was a bit of a, an awkward force. And uh, I was at the Tomorrow Lab at the time and the people there were really, really accommodating. And, and Robert Pierce, who runs the place or ran the place at the time, um, was really accommodating and helped me try and sort of set things up and move things the way I wanted to. But it wasn't, it, it was always felt like I had one hand tied behind my back. So it was like, look, I've just got to give this a go. Independent strategy consultancy um and let's look at you know the direction of travel that companies are going into and look i've loved it ever since and i think the one thing i should say is that you hear a lot of strategists talk about strategy and it's better than tactics it's not right great strategy is nothing without brilliant tactics but brilliant tactics are nothing without a good strategy as well so they're both just left hand and right hand you need you need them both right um but it's been great doing the strategy without having to worry about the delivery element and now without having to create strategies that my agency can deliver, which is what a lot of agencies sell. We'll do the strategy for you. And then amazingly, they only manage to recommend services that their agency delivers. Like, oh, that's a shock, isn't it? I wonder how that came about. Um, so yeah, just having that independence of not being on the hook for that, but working with them to deliver um, has been brilliant. And I've been in some, I'm working with clients who, sort of global brands that people have heard of that I can't talk of uh, talk about sadly um although you drink them that's probably as much as I can tell you um yes great, yes <laughs> and regularly as well oh yes um some some great local companies um do a lot of work over in England as well probably 40 50 percent over in England um the other bit here so it, it's been wonderful it's, it's tough starting your own business but um but great fun Definitely. And Andy, listeners can check out your own podcast, Strategy Sessions. Sorry, getting the alliteration right with my accent is just hard today. Um, <laughs> strategy Sessions for more in-depth marketing hints and tips. But are there any, you know, is there any sort of main wee tidbits that you would share now for someone that um, is trying to develop a brand new marketing strategy coming out of lockdown? You know, is there any, is there any really basic sort of tips or hints that you would supply people with? So, the, my main tip would be don't ever neglect the long term. Now, there's a great line that someone told me, you've got to eat while you dream, right? So you might have this grand long term plan, this five year vision, whatever. But if you're not selling stuff now, 
you're never going to make it that far. Cash flow is king, right? You've got to make sure the money keeps coming in. And any marketer who tells you just to focus on long-term brand building, unless you've got stacks in the bank that's going to fund that, they're wrong. But if you just keep focusing on the short-term sell, 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 bottom of the funnel conversions, all that happens is you just become, it's, you're almost like an addiction to performance marketing. And you just end up kind of over-reliant on paid advertising to bring your business in or something like that. So that 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 tension between focusing on long-term building the brand and getting a, a great selection of channels so that social's delivering, paid is delivering, SEO's delivering, maybe some traditional advertising is delivering. Trying to do that while you're delivering and running everything in the business is really, really difficult. But do try and have a long-term focus on where do you want to go, what do you want to be known for, and, and keep that focus because that, that helps you keep the focus. Otherwise, you just end up sort of running around doing everything for everyone, trying to sell products to anyone or go for it at any price. So having that long-term vision of that's the direction I'm heading in, and delivering that in short-term steps is probably the best. It's not a great marketing hack. It's not an Instagram. This is how you get to 10,000 followers so you can swipe up or um, how do you get 10,000 retweets on a tweet? <sighs> there are ways to do that. Just put fluffy cats in your posts if, that, if that's what you want to do. Cats and dogs, sunsets, um, inspirational quotes. That's probably the way to do that, right? But it's not the way to sell more stuff. Um, so <laughs> that's my top advice. Just sort of talking about that too and the tactics. Andy, you mentioned there, well, like for one, you have you have your own podcast, as I mentioned, you host that, you've hosted lots of events, um, like Digital DNA, Belfast Design Week. Is that something that you've always been confident doing? Is that something you've always wanted to do? Do you mean, have I always been a big mouth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put more politely, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, I, yeah, I've always been fascinated by by people speaking on stage um you know i've never wanted to be a rock star i've never had any talent for playing musical instruments or singing awful at singing genuinely awful at singing um but watching people on stage tell stories is something i really really find interesting and even but just telling stories is probably the interesting bit that's why i love podcasting you get to explore and tell a story and that, that's why i go for the it's usually sort of 45 to, to 55 minutes long, as opposed to there's a lot of 15 to 30 minute podcasts, but at that level, you're sharing information. I think once you get past 45 minutes, you can tell stories. And that's the bit that I really enjoy. So getting on stage and speaking at conferences and finding ways to craft marketing stories and put it around uh, interesting anecdotes or bringing in information from different spheres. You know, I did a conference in London three, two, three years ago now, where I told a story about um, American prisoners of war in Vietnam. And you might think, oh, it's a bit crass using that. But it actually, there was a real story of there was one prisoner of war camp in Vietnam, where they managed to turn loads more American prisoners of war to be collaborators with the Vietnamese than in any other camp anywhere in Vietnam. So after the war, the Americans studied this and the, the sociologists looked at it and was like, why in this one camp did people turn and start, you know, um, touting on the mates and start collaborating with the Vietnamese when they didn't anywhere else? Were they tortured more? What was happening? And what it was, was they used a different approach. They, did, they actually tortured them less and they got them to write letters of commitment. And they got them to commit to really small, simple statements like, um, do you believe that the North Vietnamese are evil? or something like that. And by getting them to make small commitments at first to really uh, soft statements, 
that you might that you couldn't really disagree with um you know do you do you believe in you know it might even be like daft stuff like do you believe that the sun comes up every morning yes and, do you, and then sort of but the commitments went up and up and up but because they started small and built trust and rapport and then they started doing stuff like that building commitments now when they looked at it that actually turned out to be a really really good way of getting people to change their behavior small commitments first build 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 and then they do big things what does the marketing world filled with at the minute do you want to try a free trial? 14 day free trial, small commitment. How do you build a small commitment there? You build up the So the storytelling element, I absolutely love. And that's where it came from. And doing that on stage and, and taking that through, it, it's a challenge and something I really, really enjoy. And the hosting events bit afterwards is um, I, there's a little bit of I just get a kick from being on stage now. You know, there's a real, I get nervous, the hands start getting sweaty, the heart starts beating, the mouth goes dry. But doing stuff that scares you, is fun, you know, um, within reason, within guardrails, right? I'm not talking about jumping off buildings with no ropes, but it kind of makes you feel you're alive a bit. Some people like to do, you know, free running or, or whatever. And speaking on stage is one of these, my thing that kind of gives me a kick. So uh, I've missed it, definitely missed it in the last 18 months. That is really interesting. You had me hooked with that American uh, Vietnamese war camp story. It's all about psychology, though, isn't it? Like in marketing, in anything really nowadays, it's all about psychology and getting people hooked you know in that sort of way and it almost sounds kind of sneaky because they're not aware of it but um no it's very 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 intelligent <laughs> so the, the, you know I, I often describe marketing as if you had a venn diagram of four circles and you had psychology sociology anthropology and economics right in the middle of those four would, would be marketing and there's a lot of discussion about is using psychological tips and tricks uh, to influence people and get them to behave in a certain way is it ethical now, my view is it, it is providing the product or service does what you say it's going to do and is worth the price you're charging for it. So if someone is um, charging you 5,000 quid for a course that doesn't really exist or that promises you how to make a million from selling houses, but actually the course is just a load of old shite that's been taken off the internet and repackaged, that's unethical. But if what you're doing is if you're selling um, like a, I don't know, like a Harvard MBA and you're using scarcity and you're using commitments and things to take people along. The Harvard MBA has been proved to pay back many times over what you invest in that MBA. So it might be with $50,000 product, but if they're using that and you invest the $50,000 and then you go on to a million dollar job after that, what, because you're on the board of a, um, a Dow Jones company or something like that, then yeah. So I think as long as the product is good is value for the money for money and does what it says it's going to do i'm, I'm comfortable with the ethics of, of using psychological tips and tricks um to, to get people on board but there is someone on the podcast who discusses that uh, juliet uh hodges who does this for a living for booper she's part of their behavioral insights team and uh yeah she's great and talks we talk about the ethics of it a bit more there the part i'm sort of most interested about even with like journalism and writing as well sure it's all about getting people to to listen to your stuff and to to read the things you write so marketing is kind of it's an industry in itself, but it has to permeate every other industry to get anyone to to see what you're doing and what you're creating and putting out there. So um, it is yeah. it is definitely really interesting, and I'm sure everyone's going to go and listen to that. <laughs> so it's right after this one, Andy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right after. The, I mean, Juliet was ace, and I, one one thing when you, you mentioned about journalism, and I think one area you have to be careful of sometimes with, with, with modern marketing, because modern marketing is really influencing journalism, where you, there's one newspaper recently 
someone released a memo, an internal staff memo, where they said that their compensation, the amount they're going to get paid is going to be based on like page views and things like that. But actually, that's quite dangerous because part of journalism's job sometimes is, is kicking over rocks in dark places for stuff that's not really interesting until it becomes a scandal or until it becomes interesting. And actually, if all journalism is, is trying to get the most number of clicks, we're actually in a race to the bottom. So you know the focus on short-term metrics isn't necessarily brilliant for everything but uh, but it is important obviously that when you write something you get as many people to read it as you can so there is a bit of a tension with that so. sort of andy it was bringing me on to the next question whenever we were chatting about you know you wanting to get into hosting and just talking and telling stories it is a thing now you know that people have to put themselves out there on social media do you think that that is a main factor and a big part of digital marketing now the businesses and individuals need to embrace that and put themselves out more and be brave maybe if they weren't comfortable with public speaking or you know some people feel silly talking to a camera and things like that do you think it's something that people need to get more used to if they want to put themselves and their businesses out there to build a brand um look there's different ways of doing it right and and i'd always say to a business find where your skills are and and dive into that so i spent years trying to write a blog for the business trying to blog all the time I, I like writing, I enjoy writing, but it's a, it's a slow craft for me. I, I, I look back at some of the stuff I've written and I go, I like this, I'm glad I wrote that, but it takes a lot of time to put it together. And I've just, I've spent years fighting with it. And then I started a podcast and I was like, it just feels like I'm home. So it becomes enjoyable. So you do it more and it, you know what well, people can tell that and you get better at it. So yeah, there is a, a part where sometimes maybe video is the answer to what you're doing, or maybe podcasting is, and you haven't got those skills and you're just gonna need to, you know, sort of embrace the fear and do it anyway. So there's a little bit of that. But for a lot of times, there's so many different tactics available to us now, often at a similar price point, that if being on video is not for you, find a different way to put yourself out there. If being on audio is not for you, find a different way to, to get that message out there or find someone else in the organization or upskill someone. But what I would say is if the answer to the question of how do you reach your customers more often is something you don't like, don't avoid it just because you don't like it. You know, you've got at that point, you've got to go, right, well, we've looked at these options. This is the answer, right? We've just got to find a way to deliver it. Um, and I suppose the only bit of advice I'd, I'd add on to that as well is when it comes to doing marketing things for your business, spend what you can afford. That doesn't mean give me your money. It doesn't mean give all your money to someone else. It doesn't mean spend too much money so you go bankrupt. It means if you want to have a small budget, spend as much as you can on video production so you don't have a bad camera like I've got or spend as much as you can on the better you know podcasts I got a better microphone I didn't worry too much about the camera um spend what you can afford to make it the best it can be and some companies that's thousands tens of thousands and millions some companies that's a couple of hundred quid or, or 50 quid on something but find what it is that you think is going to be right for your audience and then make sure you do it so even if you don't like it you've got to learn how to do it sometimes and you know just put it out there. You'd be amazed how many people say, oh, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure. And then when they actually decide to do it, they're like, oh, that feedback was brilliant for it. And you're like, yeah, it is. People love it. You know, so just give it a go, give it a try. Uh, it's always worse to not create something and wish that you had of just because you're afraid of putting yourself out there rather than to create something. And even if it's a little bit bad to begin with or a little bit low quality, learn and get better. Um, so I think that's a great, yeah, just be brief. <laughs> Be brave. I mean, I, I was petrified when I launched a podcast. I, I pushed the start date back about two weeks, three times. And I was like, oh, I don't know. What if, what if people hate it? What if people hate it? And it just got to the point where you've just got to, um, I'll not swear, but it's a JFDI is uh, you've just got to just 
flipping yeah. do it and um and get on with it so yeah 100 one of the last things i wanted to talk about andy was in 2017 you launched wi-fi refugees which is now named friends of in which small businesses can avail from market marketing advice in exchange for a small donation to local northern ireland refugee charity bernardo's um talk me through that as well you know how did you think of coming up with that how have you been getting on with your you've done your latest round of marketing clinics for those small businesses haven't you Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that started. Um, oh, God, I'll give you the quick version of, of a long story, but I was actually getting divorced at the time as well. And um, I, there's, if, you, if anyone that listening has ever got divorced, you know, it's quite a difficult period in time. And it felt like everything was just hard work and everything was just a real pain. And I was launching the business, I was working with slightly bigger companies. I, I tend to work with sort of medium sized companies and, and some bigger ones. I love working with small businesses because they just they, they love trying to make things happen and giving things a go. So I just thought, you know what, rather than trying to worry about charging small businesses and we'll just do a charity thing. And it just felt like the right thing to do. I'd had to stop giving to charity because I was giving all my money to solicitors. And it just felt like, right, use your skills, raise money for charity, help small businesses. It just kind of worked for me. And it started in coffee shops. I used to sit in Redberry and Bangor and just say, I'm going to be here for three hours, drop in, buy a coffee help the local coffee shop out and um, you can have an hour talking marketing. And it kind of built from there. I said, does anyone else want to get involved? And about 20 people got in touch. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, so it's kind of evolved from there now. We've got sort of 10 or 12 core advisors who, and a couple of people, Emma and Laura behind the scenes who kind of make things happen. Um, and we run these events kind of quarterly-ish and they now work really, really well on Zoom. So you book and, and pay online. You pick the subject you want SEO, social media, website development, strategy, whatever the subject is. Um, and you get an hour with a person for 25 quid and all that money goes to Bernardo's to help their, their refugee work in Northern Ireland. So it, it's, it, it's been great. It, I've met some lovely people, some people who I didn't really know too well, who are now advisors and, and, and are good friends. And we've helped a lot of businesses. The feedback's been good. We've raised some money for Bernardo's. We'd like to raise more. We'll keep trying to raise more. Um, but yeah, just really happy. And if anybody wants to launch one wherever they are, just do it, right? You know, give us a shout. I'll tell you some lessons I learned and some mistakes we've made, but just, you know, give it a go. That's amazing. Is that an ongoing thing then in terms of um, like, is it an all year round thing? Is it like a monthly thing or, or how do people get involved? So we, we tend to run it and say roughly quarterly, um, although that does kind of bounce around depending on other people's commitments and things like that. Um, and then we, we push it out via social media. So whenever we, we will find a date, find out who's available on that date. So hopefully we'll have kind of eight or nine advisors available on any given date. And they all put three slots, three or four slots available. So you end up with kind of 30 to 40 appointments available. Um, and then you just, you know, we just go out and try and get them filled. So it's, we probably should be a little bit more structured with like, you know, the first Monday of every quarter or something like that, but we've never quite got there, but we keep iterating and learning as we go. Um, and, um, and working in partnership as well. We work with cathedral quarter Belfast and uh, we put one on with them and they sort of sent it out to all their members, which works really well. Um, but we've started pulling in people from now we've remote. We've had people coming in from Dublin, uh, a couple from England as well. So it's been good to, broaden the footprint going remote and it's actually one of those things that maybe works a little bit better remotely than it does um in person yeah no amazing thank you so much again and thanks for your time no problem Lee. thanks for that it's been great cheers see you later see you later have a good day you too bye that's it for this week's episode of tech crack for all things tech and business in northern ireland visit syncni.com 
Have a good week.